0: Hello, hello, America. My name is Daniel Francis Baranowski, and this is the Frankly Daniels Show. Welcome, and thank you for joining me today. I have a packed show, so with your indulgence, I'm going to get right to it. Mr. Paul Harvey is probably my all-time favorite broadcaster and a radio philosopher, if you will. Now, among his many memorable quotes is a proverb, I think it's sort of a proverb, about time. And this is how it goes. He said, in times like these, it helps to recall that there have always been times like these. Now, I agree with this, Jim. When in bad times, it is helpful to remember that there have always been times like these before, and they have passed. In particular, I remember this saying with each bout I've had with cancer, and was feeling low. But with the help of my family, I recovered my spirit. But there are always bad times. We remember when we lost that championship game in high school, or our parents died, sometimes one after the other. Or perhaps you've lost a sister, or a brother, a child, a spouse, maybe even a close friend. In times like these, it helps to recall that there have always been times like these. And they have passed. We have recovered. We've grown stronger, more knowledgeable, perhaps even wiser, and more resilient. But this particular proverb works both ways. Now, the optimist in me says that when we're at the pinnacle of our game, when life is good, we must take pause and reflect. In times like these, it helps to recall that there have always been times like these. A statistician would say, on average, the highs and the lows even out. When I was teaching a class in statistics to physicians and nurses and asked to define what average meant, I would say that if your feet are in the freezer and your head is in an oven, then on average your temperature is probably 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit. I know, not very helpful. Life has extremes we oscillate between. So, what's the point I'm trying to make? In times like these, it helps to recall that there have always been times like these. Now, this may be true 99 times out of 100 life experiences, but when it comes to what's going on in America today, I am hard-pressed to find a time in my life when things have been so aggressively and systematically as bad as our government is acting toward us today. Now, at last week's show entitled A Tale of Two Presidents, I quoted the opening lines, from Charles Dickens' novel, A Tale of Two Cities. And I did this to explore the extremes between Joe Biden and Donald Trump's presidencies. Now, if you're not familiar with the Dickens' opening lines or didn't hear last week's show, let let me repeat The Tale of Two Cities' opening. Quickly repeat them here for you. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epic of belief. It was the epic of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. In times like these, it helps to recall that there have always been times like these. In our moment of despair, in our season of Joe Biden darkness and a radical progressive Democrat's act of incredulity and foolishness in times like these. It helps to recall that there have always been times like these. So, if we just wait, if we just let a little time pass by, surely it will bring about the best of times, perhaps the age of wisdom again, an epoch of belief, the season of light, and the spring of hope. Unfortunately, I'm incredibly fretful that This simply is no longer true. There is an evil about, and it's showing itself in our government, and you really don't need to be a psychic to see it twine its tentacles into nearly every aspect of American life. Instead of comparing Donald Trump or past presidents to Joe Biden, I'd like to explore your opinion about two critical questions having to do with Joe Biden and his administration. Here's the first one. Do you think the Biden administration is doing all it can and should be doing to keep you safe? Here's the second. Do you think the Biden administration is doing all it can and should be doing to protect our national security? Now, there are many aspects and levels to safety and security. And, and well, I will not exhaust them all in today's show, nor could I ever hope to. I will hopefully get asking you about the major ones moreover my focus is strictly on joe biden's administration his presidency i will spend little time comparing joe to past presidents i would like to know is joe biden meeting your expectations for what an american president should be doing around safety and security now it's no secret that i believe we live in extremely perilous times and as a longtime student of the American Civil War, I know that no house divided can stand. It eventually falls in on itself. Not since the Civil War have Americans been so divided as we are today. And I'm sure that's not the first time you've heard this. The vitriol and disdain voiced in our media, the social media included, and, and our public and, and political discourse sounds very much like the archival reports in newspapers just prior to, to the Civil War, and throughout those four bloodiest years. Take, for instance, something going on today. Have you seen the reports of college students, even at Stanford Law School, shouting down invited speakers because they disagree with something they've said or a pronoun they used or didn't use in describing someone? Curious how these radical students are, are quick to tag someone's First Amendment First Amendment rights to open and free speech as hate speech. But that's what's been going on in our classrooms, in our schools, in our halls. All because they don't agree with it. In times like these, I suppose it helps to recall that there have always been times like these. But frankly, this saying hasn't helped me at all because I can't remember times like these. Now, I've spent most of my life, one way or another, in college. And I don't remember this. Protests, yes, lots of them. But not shouting down invited speakers. I believe we've got to get up off our butts and get involved if we're going to return America to the public policies and constitutional principles that have made America the greatest society ever to inhabit the earth. How do you get involved, you ask? First and most important step is to stay informed. And the first and most important step in staying informed is to get your information from reliable sources, and this most certainly does not include CNN, MSNBC, the New York Times, or the Washington Post. Listen, no one is going to do this for us. The passage of time will not change what is going on for the better. The fact is, if we don't get involved, it's going to get worse. And then all we're going to remember is that there have always been times like this. You see, today's political arguments are not about whether to spend more or less on farm aid. Today's arguments are about whether America will cave and become a globalist, fossil-fuel-extinct socialist economy set on transnational sameness and driven by a neo-Marxist principles. I know people don't like the word Marxist, but there's a lot of Marxism that's going on in this country today, and we better pay some attention to it. That's where we are headed. I mean, the radical progressive Democrats, aka Socialist, Marxist, any number of those iterations, know they have 18 months to close the deal before they take a shot at stealing another presidential election. Now, for the record, I still believe Joe Biden will soon announce his run for another term. But I also still believe he will not, yes I said not, be the Democrat nominee for president. You see, I, I, I fully expect that Joe Biden will not survive the congressional hearings on his deep involvement with son Hunter and brothers Jim and Frank and apparently several other family members in what's being called the crime family business of influence peddling. Now, the logic behind the charge of influence peddling is just simply too compelling. Without Joe Biden, there could never be any influence to sell. But back to the show. You might ask where all the crap that's going on today got started. Where did this itch to become more like every other country and less like America come from? Well, the Biden administration has only accelerated what barack obama began in 2009 and what was that you say the great american apology for being america an apology for building an empire upon the sweat tears bloods and backs of negro slaves an apology for disinheriting the american indian an apology for assuming leadership in the world of commerce and banking. An apology for the dollar being the world's reserve currency. An apology for being a superpower. In short, Obama and Biden are pushing us to be characters in Wayne's World. I don't know if you remember Wayne's World. Repeat after me. I am not worthy. I am not worthy. Forgive me, for I am not worthy. Well, I am not a victim, and I'm sure you're not a victim, and I believe what Ann Rand said About victims. She said, Evil requires the sanction of a victim. Evil requires the sanction of a victim. I refuse to be a victim. Too many of us thought that the Biden presidency would be at worst a one four year term. How much damage could brain addled Joe Biden do in four years? Joe will be one and done, and we can get back to America first and make America great again. But the 2022 elections should have been a shock to all of our thinking about the transient nature of radical progressivism. Now, China might be our biggest adversary, but radical progressivism here at home is our greatest and most immediate threat. Remember, most of Joe Biden's administration is comprised of Barack Obama loyalists and past Obama administration team members. What we fail to see is that Joe Biden is a nobody. He is nothing more than an instrument of the radical left. As Joe is so fond of saying, here's the deal. Joe gets to play president and Jill gets to play first lady. If Jill does everything and Joe does everything, they tell him and her to do. Joe Biden has never had morals or ethics. Don't mistake this guy for any of that stuff. So agreeing to this kind of a deal was a no-brainer for no-brainer Joe Biden. Now, during most of Joe's 36 unspectacular years in the Senate, Joe was a segregationist. He voted with the Democratic South, and he's even had some very strange things to say, even that Joe didn't want his children to grow up in a racial jungle. I mean, now Joe Biden is a civil rights leader on steroids. And he's out to crush runaway systemic racism in America. And if you are white, then it is you that Joe's coming after. And he's got the gall to let you know it just about every time he stands in front of a teleprompter. Joe Biden was against abortion nearly his entire Catholic faith life. Joe claims he is still a Catholic, but now he's leading the charge for abortion at any gestational age for any reason are no reason at all and paid for by you and me, the American taxpayer. Joe Biden for his 36 years in the Senate and based on his deep Catholic faith, Joe Biden was dead sent against gay marriage. Here's a clip of Joe Biden on Meet the Depressed with Tim Russett in 2006.
1: The president used his radio address yesterday and tomorrow in the Rose Garden to talk about a constitutional amendment to ban gay marriage. You know, think about this. The world's going to Hades in a handbasket. We are desperately concerned about the circumstance relating to uh, avian flu. We don't have enough vaccines. We don't have enough police officers. And we're going to debate the next three weeks, I'm told, gay marriage, a flag amendment, and God only knows what else. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law. The Defense of Marriage Act. We've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here?
0: Well, uh, today, Joe Biden wears gay pride rainbow-colored underwear. Now, I'm just joking. Here's a clip I played last week of Joe Biden's epiphany about same-sex marriage during his high school days. I wonder how that fits in with being a vice president in 2006. I'll see if you can make any sense out of it
1: after just hearing what Joe Biden, the vice president, told us. I can remember exactly where my uh, epiphany was. I hadn't thought much about it, to tell you uh, the truth. And I was a I was a senior in high school, and I wanted to get a job being turned out. The only, it turned out, was the only Caucasian lifeguard in the projects in the city of Wilmington, the big swimming pool. And my dad was dropping me off to go in and get an application at City Hall in Wilmington, Rodney Square it's called. I remember about to get out of the car and I looked to my right and two well-dressed men in suits kissed each other. I mean, they gave each other a kiss. And then one went, looked like he was heading to the DePomp building, and one looked like he headed to the Hercules Corporation building. And I'll never forget, I turned and looked at my dad. He said, Joey, it's simple. They love each other. It's simple. No, I'm not joking. It's simple. They love each other. And it's never been, it's it's, it's never been, it's just that simple. Amazing. It is just that
0: simple. So, Joey, you're telling me your Irish Catholic, blue-collar dad said it It's just this simple, and he said this some 62 years ago. Now, that's what I call enlightenment. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I am not for, nor am I against, same-sex marriage. Same-sex marriage certainly conflicts with both my cultural and religious upbringing. But I respect the law, and I respect anyone who has made the choice to marry into the same-sex I believe science has has proven that, that people don't become gay from watching or being around other people who are gay. That has become total nonsense. I think the most likely explanation is that some people are simply born gay. And how this happens is currently really beyond our science. Someday we will discover how this comes about, but I think gay or being gay is just about as much a personal choice as being white or black or any other immutable characteristic. But I do not believe the same about three-year-old toddlers trying to tell us that they want to change their gender and they want to be driven directly to a gender-affirming care clinic. However, Joe Biden continues to star in his own TikTok videos and shout-outs to transgender children. Now, he keeps praising them for their courage, and he promises he has their backs. Maybe Joe is maybe Joe's way ahead of us on this transgender stuff, but that, I don't think so. To listen to old man Joe, you'd think 25% of the children under the age of 13 are transgender, and they're just waiting for their chance to take a trip to Planned Parenthood and start on puberty blockers or undergo a double mastectomy. And Joe Biden thinks we, the taxpayer, should bear the cost of gender-affirming care. Oh, my nerves. Allow me to read a story from the Daily Caller, as reported last week. Now, this is hardly an infrequent story. The number of these stories is increasing, you should know, as, as those young adults even caught up in the acute gender dysphoria contagion, starting somewhere around 2012, as these people come to adulthood. Now, here, here's the story. A teenager who has detransitioned from her lifestyle as a transgender male filed a lawsuit against Permanente Medical Group and the Kaiser Foundation Hospitals over the permanent, life-altering, gender-affirming surgeries doctors performed on her at the age of 13. Uh, She's being named in this story Layla Jane. Uh, and they say she's an 18-year-old who underwent a double mastectomy five years before she became an adult. In other words, she was 13 years old. Jane said, I don't think I should have been allowed to change my sex before I was legally able to have sex. This is sort of a novel idea, don't you think? I don't think I'm better off for the experience, she says. And I think transitioning just completely added fuel to the fire that was my pre-existing conditions. Jane reportedly struggled with suicidal ideation, social anxiety, depression, body dysmorphia, and eating disorder, and was bullied before her decision to get the mastectomy. Now, that's quite a list of psychiatric issues. Jane began to identify as a male as early as 11 years old. Now, despite telling her that she was eligible for hormone treatment before turning 16, doctors at Kaiser transferred her to three other doctors who immediately approved her hormone treatment and double mastectomy. Jane's lawsuit accused the hospital system of intentional fraud and concealment involving her gender transition. Jane alleges that the doctors pushed her into the procedure and characterized her gender transition as the only way to treat her pre-existing mental health problems. Now, the lawsuit also cites serious health issues due to the permanent irreversible mutilation, including a deepened voice, mutilation, increased body hair, inability to breastfeed, and possible infertility. Now, Jane's got an outstanding attorney. The attorney's name is Harmeet Dillon. You may know her. She ran uh, for the post of Ronald McDaniels Inn to be the chair of the um, RNC. In any event, um, Uh, She says, allegedly, Jane's caregivers failed to administer the necessary mental health treatments before performing the double mastectomy and never informed her that 80 to 90 percent of teens eager to transition desist from doing so. She said informed consent was also never there. It's impossible for a child to give informed consent. And it's impossible for parents who aren't fully informed, and with a child who is not properly treated, uh, to also give consent. So, what a mess! A representative for Kaiser claimed that the institution practices this. You're gonna see this everywhere, like all, every institute. Compassionate, evidence-based medicine, founded on sound research and best medical practices. I'm telling you, these are the best medical practices. Uh, we, We should all run for the hills. This sounds like Dr. Fauci talking about best medical practices. The care decisions always rest with the patient and their parents. And in every case, we respect the patient and family's informed decisions, informed decisions about their personal health. Well, that's the end of that story, but apparently not for that young woman. And the list of these recent presidential conversions goes on and on. So, if Joe is just the stooge standing at the podium, mouthing the lines in the teleprompter, then who the heck is running the show? I mean, surely you don't believe Joe Biden is writing his own material. Joe Biden has never had an original thought. So, these policies certainly are not of his doing. Well, perhaps the Afghanistan debacle was Joe's. The truth is, is that the progressive Democrats. Well, they're well organized and financed, and they're driving all this chaos you and I are witnessing. And their roadmap, unfortunately, is right out of the neo-Marxist atlas of how to take a constitutional republic and convert it into first a socialist government and then a quasi-communist country. Remember, originally the goal of any Marxist was to change the social order by pitting poor people against the rich, and they called this class struggle. Democrats have used this economic model of propaganda for years to champion poor people over rich people, claiming they're the ones who represent the little guy. This approach really hasn't been all that successful in recent years because we still have a middle class. So radical progressive Democrats have switched from economic arguments to race baiting. White Americans are the new bad people. White people are oppressors of all people of color and their white institutions, the ones white people have built throughout the history of America. They have led to institutional racism, to systemic racism. Radical progressive Democrats have turned every perceived social ill and evil into a race-based issue crying for social justice. Our left accusations of racial discrimination are so prolific and ubiquitous, it would take me a week's time to cite even, even the most ridiculous examples. And radical progressives have used accusations of racial discrimination to drive the largest dissolution of our international border with Mexico. Yes, open borders. It's all about racism. What could be more woke? Do you know that 96% of today's illegal alien immigrants ushered into the country by Joe Biden are people of color? Who makes up the other 4% you ask? Well, it's Ukrainians and Russians mostly. It, it is not evil enough to flood America with millions of illegal alien migrants in just over two years. But to purposely fly and bust them to every city and county in America only ensures it's going to be darn hard if not impossible, to identify these aliens in the future and send them back to where they migrated from. And of course, that would be cruel and it will never happen and the Democrats know it and that makes it all the more disgusting. Why do I say that? Well, it's because it's costing us $200 billion a year in financial support. 95% of these migrants are penniless when they cross over. I started this monologue by saying in times like these, it helps to recall that they have always been times like these. Someone said, they always say time changes things, but you actually have to change them yourself. Now this I believe, if you want something to change, do not depend on time to change it for you. You'll be waiting forever. Now I know I've gone astray from where I started, But on the other side of the break, I'm going to go right back to these two questions. Do you think the Biden administration is doing all it can, all it should be doing to keep you safe and to protect our national security? Well, it's about time to hear from Kamala or Kamala or Vice President Harris.
1: It is time for us to do what we have been doing. And that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to
0: take a break. A very short break, and then it's time to come right back because every day it's time to come back and hear the rest of the story. And do I have a lot of important information? You'll be happy you made the time to come back and hear. So hit the head, hit the fridge, and hurry right back. You know you're loved here on the Franklin Daniel Show. And I'm not kidding.
2: Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Co-fix RX. CoFix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic era strains for decades? Co-fix RX took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of R X nasal solution. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code
3: Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. We
4: are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said... Keep your face always toward the sunshine, and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio: The Liberty and Justice for All.
0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Frankly Daniel Show. Now, do you think the Biden administration is doing all it can and should be doing to keep you safe? And the other question was, do you think the Biden administration is doing all it can and should be doing to protect our national security? Now, it's fair enough to ask, how did I stumble into these two particular questions about safety and security? Questions about safety and security are just another way of asking What are we afraid of or afraid might happen to us or our loved ones that somebody else should be taken care of? Now, there are all sorts of questions having to do with safety and national security. Some are directly relevant to our circumstances, others less so, or we're not sure how they may affect us. Take, for instance, I don't know if you've watched any of these Senate hearings, recent Senate hearings last week and two, on the nomination and confirmation of federal judges. You know, the Biden administration forwards nominees to the Senate for a hearing and confirmation. You'd be scared to death about some of these people that the Biden administration is trying to put up for federal judgeships. They are selected not on their competency, not on the character of their character, and certainly not on their understanding of the law. It is strictly a diversity, equity, and inclusion selection. And it's amazing how few of these people actually understand the law. The the simple things like what is the uh, uh, Article 1, Article 2, Article 3 of the Constitution say? What is the Bill of Rights? Just little simple things like that that federal judges should know. And some of these people have excuses that, well, you know, I served in a state court or in a county court. I didn't really have to deal with constitutional kinds of issues. This is a federal judgeship. That's the only kinds of questions that are going to come before you. And, you know, the, these people have lifetime appointments. They end up on, on the bench, and then you say, well, that, 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 what, do, what do I care? Whether it was a Trump appointed or it was a Obama appointed or George Washington appointed this guy. Well, it has to do with the philosophy they walked into that position with and if you're if all of a sudden you've got some kind of case against the school board because they've had you arrested because you show up and you want your first amendment rights if you get that held, uh, heard before a federal judge out of the Biden administration uh, you can already predict what that outcome is going to be so some of these things are important now th- there are questions about banks and Chinese surveillance balloons and the FBI and DOJ double standards of justice and immigration, illicit drugs, cybersecurity, possible wars in Europe, say or with the Chinese, Uh, police concerns. What's the 911 response time? Now that so much of our security that's been rearranged by the very woke people. Uh, Primary and elementary school curricula, a CRT gender identity sex education. Federal mandates, you say, well, that's all over. COVID-19, those kinds of mandates couldn't happen going forward where our civil liberties are again disrupted. Oh, really? How about school closings? Are you have any concern about that happening again? School shootings, they've got to be on your mind. You know, this recent Denver shooting, uh, the Denver school had ditched, Their security officers because people complained in 2020 that the police were just the wrong kind of people to have around in an educational setting. So uh, they also had students, apparently, at this high school that had mental health challenges, and they were required to be pat down uh, and go through metal detectors each day before coming to school. This person who ended up shooting two administrators at this school uh, got that far, and he had a gun, and it didn't work out, and he shot two people, and I haven't followed up since then, but that, that that's the story. But you, you have to worry about school shootings and the stupidity around ideology of some of these uh, school systems. And, and then we have social media, all the concerns about TikTok, and I'm going to get to that in a little bit, uh, inflation, I'm, I'm concerned about inflation. Our retirement savings shrinks every day, and it, it, it's not just the usual, you know, a tenth of a percent here and a tenth of a percent here. We're we're losing six cents on every dollar practically every day. It seems like job security for those in the workforce. Walmart's laying shut down five more stores, is laying off another five thousand people. Amazon just announced an eleven thousand person layoff. The economy is going to contract. With the interest rates increasing, business is going to slow down. People are going to be out of work. It's not going to affect a lot of people for a while, but it's going to happen. And it's the only barometer that the Federal Reserve has to understand if they are being, if they are having an effect on the inflation rate. Uh, maybe you're concerned about being carjacked. I mean, if I lived in Washington, D.C. or the surrounding areas, you know, carjacking is the number one sport uh, in that city, and it, it's, it's rampant. Uh, what about mental health? Are you concerned about that? Not yours, but the mental health of others. We see these things, you know, the attack on Paul Pelosi. Everybody knows this. the, the guy that attacked him is a fruitcake. He's been a fruitcake for a long time. He's been a menace to society But he's out on the street. These things happen, I guess. You know, (laughs) sometimes you just have to take these cues you get in everyday life in terms about what to be concerned about. Now, uh, my primary care physician, when I call to change or make an appointment, I end up with, you know, you end up with these long messages about COVID. If you've known anyone who's had COVID in the last 40 years, or you have a distant relative, you know, please don't come in, wear a mask, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But but it usually starts out uh, this way: If this is a medical emergency, call 911. Well, okay, everybody understands that you want people right away to call somebody else. It's not our problem. We're not coming to help you. But in the last month, that message has changed. It goes. If this is a medical or mental health emergency, call 911. So now we've had mental health. If you think you're having a mental health emergency, don't call us either. Call 911. I'm sure 911's going to know what to do with your mental health emergency. You've you've got to believe that how much and the types of insurance we buy, they're also an indicator of how safe we feel, what kind of risk we're willing to take. And my nerves, we buy insurance for everything. We have auto insurance, auto repair insurance, boat insurance, dental insurance, disability insurance, earthquake insurance, extended warranties on our products and devices and appliances insurance, flood insurance, funeral insurance, health insurance, house and fire insurance, identity theft insurance There's also such a thing as landslide insurance, and of course there's liability insurance in case somebody slips while they're at your house and breaks their neck. How could we forget life insurance and long-term care insurance and mortgage insurance and motorcycle insurance and pet insurance? I didn't know about pet insurance until recently. No, we don't have it. We don't have a pet, but I'm glad we're not paying it. Oh, then there's your, your pharmacy insurance, you know, your your drug car bought with your health insurance. There's renter's insurance. There's road travel insurance like AAA. There's storm insurance. There's property title insurance. You know, the property you bought, they want you to pay for insurance that they actually searched that you had a clean title. Such a deal, huh? And the other kinds of travel insurance include you can insure your your plane ticket, your hotel Uh, you know, uh, accommodations in case you can't make the trip for illness or whatever reasons. And then those are special insurances. Uh, You know, I belong to a number of different societies, and and (laughs) we get something in the mail every other week with a special kind of insurance because you've been a member uh, since you got off the boat with Noah. And because of that longevity, we want to offer you the opportunity that on the 12th of any month you're traveling, we will insure if you break a left leg. Now, on the 14th is when the right leg issues uh, come to play, and that's a a very small additional chart. I mean, there's all these special insurances if you're part of these uh, vaulted societies. Uh, We live in dangerous times. When you look at the list of insurances and what that impacts our budgets all the time, and I didn't even even mention, uh, you know, uh, the, all the viral software and everything else we buy to protect our, cute, our computers and our, the net, our home networks and everything, it's, it's, it's quite a list. Many of our safety and security concerns, our fears, if you will, are, are left to us to address. But many of our safety and security concerns are supposed to be addressed by our governments. Do you know the city or town, county or state, or federal government? So let me ask you, how do you know when your government and president are being truthful or they're just blowing smoke up your chimney? Now, supposedly, Abraham Lincoln said, you can fool some of the people all of the time and all of the people some of the time, but you can't feel all of the people all of the time. So where in this riddle of sorts do you fall? Again, let me ask you, do you feel safe in America? Do you feel as safe today as you did a year ago or, say, five years ago? Isn't government supposed to keep its citizens safe and secure? But how do any of us feel safe and secure in Mr. Joe Biden's world of dangerous, open international borders, escalating violent city crime, high monetary inflation, and painfully escalating interest rates? Are you assured the school your children are attending is teaching them the required math, reading, and writing lessons they must have? Or is it surreptitiously race and gender indoctrination that's taking place and is being hidden from you? Are you economically and financially safe? You ask, safe from what? Safe your money is not shrinking and losing value every day because of inflation. Isn't inflation eating its way through your family budget? Is the money in your bank safe, and will it be there when you need it? Are your retirement funds safe from being subjected to new Biden-driven taxes? And how about job security? New layoffs, as I've said, are announced daily as the Federal Reserve continues to raise interest rates. Are you legally safe, legally safe from being bullied by the Federal Bureau of Investigation? for speaking your mind at a local school board meeting or being subjected to malicious prosecution by a weaponized Department of Justice because you pray outside of abortion centers? Or here, even better, did you catch the Department of Justice's recent announcement, this week in fact, that after two years the FBI is going to arrest another approximate 1,200 people who attended the Trump so-called insurrection party at the Capitol on January 6th of 2001. Unbelievable. These arrests will come after tens of thousands and thousands of hours. The FBI has spent reviewing videotape of the Capitol break-in and using facial recognition software to identify more individuals. How about a two-tiered justice system? Just reported in the Daily Signal. FBI agents worked about 16,000 more hours during the pay period of the Capitol riot on January 6, 2021 than they did during the pay period of the 2020 riots that hit Washington, D.C. These facts and others were obtained by the Heritage Foundation's oversight project through the Freedom of Information Act. Curious, isn't it? Is your police department down hundreds of officers and your police academy less than half full? Did you really feel safer with fewer police? With all the diversity, equity, and inclusion nonsense pushed by the progressive Democrats, do you feel safe in an airplane, on an operating table, or before a federal judge, as we just talked? Now that colleges, medical and law schools, and major airlines are basing admissions into these highly skilled professions based on race and gender and no longer on objective tests. What should we expect when it comes to safety going forward? No longer will we have that old saying where he was an affirmative action hire to where she was a diversity, equity, and inclusion hire. And we're doing all of this. Why? Do you feel safe? from the millions of unknowable illegal aliens flooding across our southern border and surreptitiously settling in our neighborhoods, crowding your children's classrooms, filling your local hospital beds and maxing out your social service centers? Do you worry about how to keep your children safe and secure from the lure of ubiquitous illicit drugs proliferating from China and Mexico? And what about the new social media apps like Have you read the reports of teen suicide, transgender contagion, drug use encouragement, and even how to go about buying drugs online? All attributable to the content being shown on TikTok to selected teens. Did you take the opportunity to watch any of the congressional hearings this week about TikTok and its Communist Chinese Party control of this app? Now, Donald Trump signed an executive order in 2020 banning TikTok. Of course, once Joe Biden became president, he rescinded that order, allowing TikTok to operate freely. This alone should tell you to stay away from TikTok. So who really owns TikTok and does it matter? Here's a clip of Missouri Senator Josh Hawley the other evening on The Laura Ingraham Show.
5: doesn't matter who owns the company, it matters who controls it, who influences it, it matters that in China, there are no real private companies. Every company is subject, every corporation is subject to China's so-called security law, which forces these companies to turn over any information the Beijing government wants at the whim of the Beijing government. That means American user data. That is why American journalists are being tracked by China. That is why if you've got TikTok on your phone, China can track your location, they can track your keystrokes, they can read your phone messages, your contact list, all of this stuff. It's because the CCP effectively controls all major corporations in China and that absolutely includes TikTok. This app is basically digital fentanyl. That's what it is. It is not designed to make our lives better. It is designed to disrupt. It is designed to get into our kids' head. You look at the amount of suicide promotional material, for example, that's on TikTok. It's off the charts. Some of that was brought up at the hearing today. As a parent of three little kids, I don't want my kids on TikTok. I'm scared to death of what they will find there. And that app is by design to get into our kids', head, by de- kids heads, by design to push this content to them. That's what they're doing here. That's why the Chinese government won't allow it. But they, of course, want Americans
0: to use it. We learned just this week that TikTok is not available in China. Now, isn't that curious? Why, with 150 million users of TikTok here in America, why wouldn't the same app be available in mainland China? Well, here's more of what Josh Hawley had to say about TikTok.
5: How many Communist Chinese Party members can access Americans' user data? And we know the answer to that because whistleblowers have come forward to my office and to other offices and said the answer is virtually unlimited numbers. We know. It doesn't matter where you put the data, by the way. It matters who can access it. And we know that members of the Communist Chinese Party can access Americans' data right now. This this app is a backdoor for Beijing into our private lives, into our personal security. That's why we need to ban it.
0: Let no, me delve into this a little bit and explain a little more why this is such a dangerous app. It's not so much that they can track where I'm going, what I'm saying, what other apps I'm using, what my text messages are, what my voicemails are about. It's that they can do this all at one time with 150 million Americans. When you aggregate that data, then you use software certain algorithms, and you pull all keywords out of all the text messages that are being sent. And you train your uh, voice recognition software, basically, uh, on these different words. You can actually talk just like an American, go out, pump messages to people, 150 million Americans that sounds just like other Americans speaking about why taiwan really belongs to china or any other message you want to use you can you know decry any uh, conservatives republicans you can you can do anything basically when you have that kind of power that you know where people where people really live in their mind and the kinds of things that they are talking about and then you can reshape those send them out And this app also can manipulate other applications. It is a very stealthy, scary piece of software. But this data collection, people need to understand, it's not just any one's particular information. It's all of our information together that's very dangerous. So there's a huge showdown that's going to happen between Congress and Joe Biden. Democrats and Republicans appear united both in the House and the Senate on ridding America of TikTok once and for all. and Let's let's see just how Joe reacts to that because it appears he's bent over every which way for China. Gosh, I wonder why. Moving along, how do you feel about crime relative to your personal safety? I mean, we hear about crime every day. Robbery here and there, shooting, a mugging, a murder, home break-ins, carjackings. How about identity theft? Have you or any of your family or friends had any recent crime experiences? Do you personally worry about crime and your possible victimhood? And what about your right to protect yourself? I mean, do you believe you have the right to use a gun to defend yourself? Do you think you have the right to own a gun to keep yourself safe? I'd like you to hear this clip between Robert Wilcox, an ATF official with the Biden administration, and congressman Tom Tiffany from Wisconsin. This was in a recent House hearing on uh, gun safety.
4: If a person lies on Form 4473 and and is a user of unlawful drugs, um, you can get between five to 10 years for that, is that correct? Is that my understanding? No, I I believe Congress changed the uh, sentence uh, last Congress. Uh, What is that sentence now? Up to 15 up to 15 years uh, why hasn't hunter biden been prosecuted for the crime that he committed i'm not aware of the facts of that case and can't comment on it okay who do we talk to to see why this uh case is not being prosecuted i mean he said very clearly in his book that he used drugs he had a uh, gun a gun at least a gun point of order mr chairman See, point of order Totally irrelevant and not germane to this proceeding. Uh, he, sir, he's got his—he's got his five minutes. Go ahead, continue. <laughs> court a while, but... Okay, so, <laughs> I, I understand why um, you do not want Mr. Wilcox to answer that question. It's very clear why you don't want because there's a dual system of justice in America. That's what's going on right now, and everybody's talking about it across America. There's two standards of justice that are um, that are
0: going on. Didn't you just love that? That was marvelous. Finally, we have somebody speaking out about this stuff. You know, Hunter Biden bought this a pistol, a 9mm pistol. Well, Well, he was in the height of his drug use, and he checked on the box that said he's not using drugs, he's not a drug user, he's not addicted, all these things that are disclaimers. And clearly, compared to all the other boxes he checked off, this one was clearly marked. So we find out later when he tries to dispose, or his girlfriend actually tries to dispose of the gun. She does it in a, a trash container behind a restaurant. And then Hunter comes looking for her and they have to find the gun and the, the Secret Service is brought out and the FBI's brought out and everyone's looking for this gun. They finally find the gun and they try to hush the whole thing up. Just a ridiculous circumstance. But for some reason, he skates on this charge just like so many other things that there, there's no justice in this. But let me tell you, if this was your son or your daughter or, you know, your son-in-law, whatever, uh, your husband, boy, you, you'd have the book thrown at you, especially if it, they found out that, you know, you had the wrong affiliations. Like you you might be going to a regular church regularly or you're a Republican or a conservative. There really is remarkably two distinct Systems of justice. Do we take answers to questions of safety and national security for granted? Perhaps at some point in the past we did, but I no longer do so. I don't think you do either. And with the fabricated election of Joe Biden, I believe we've become increasingly worried and skeptical about our personal safety and our national security. Now, most of us would agree that our military is our best insurance for national security. Let's say you have a son or a daughter graduating from high school this year. If they decide to join the military, do you feel safe? They would not be indoctrinated into the perverted culture of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Let me read an article from Breitbart News reporting on a congressional House hearing this week. It reads, The Pentagon official in charge of the military personnel policy defended pushing diversity, equity, and inclusion in the United States military during a House hearing on Thursday, arguing that it would make the military stronger and not more divided. However, they were short on data to back up any of these arguments. Gil Cisneros, the Undersecretary of Defense for Personnel and Readiness, argued diversity, equity, and inclusion are essential to unit cohesion and trust. The Army's Assistant Secretary for Manpower and Reserve Affairs, Agnes Schaefer, argued, A diverse and talented force of trained and cohesive teams is the most important indicator of our readiness. The Navy Assistant Secretary for Manpower and Reserve Affairs, Franklin Parker, argued that diversity would increase, quote, our military readiness and maritime dominance by accessing the full range of our nation's talent. The Assistant Secretary of the Air Force for Manpower Reserve Affairs, Alex Wagner, insisted our diversity and inclusion initiatives are informed by science and business best practices, congressional mandates, data-focused policy reviews and assessments, and the lived experience of airmen and guardians. Yet, as Armed Services Subcommittee for the Military Personnel Chairman, Jim Banks of Indiana, noted the officials didn't provide any data to back up their statements. Banks stated at the end of the hearing, the Department of Defense spent nearly 6 million man-hours for Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's extremism, stand-down, and an additional 600,000 man-hours for DEI-specific training. And they have nothing to show for it except the words diversity, equity, and inclusion. My nerves, I've gone and run out of time again today. Well, you've been listening to The Frankly Daniel Show, and my name is Daniel Francis Paranowski. Please join me next week as we continue this discussion. God bless and take care.